Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the next episode of One Mic Night, the podcast that brings you stories of artists and people on their personal journeys, helping to guide, answer questions, and motivate you in life. My name is Marco Luis, and I want to thank you, everybody, for listening and sharing and subscribing to this podcast because we have so many interesting and great people that are helping the community and tackling social issues. So please keep sharing these, keep subscribing. Tuesday is the day. We released an episode this morning and thank you everybody for hopping on and jumping in the live conversation, talking to the filmmaker Yake Smith. Today, I'm equally excited because we have a man who is the executive director of Lincoln Park Coast Cultural District goes by the name of Anthony Smith. Please welcome him to One Mike Night Podcast. How you doing, Anthony? I'm doing fine. Thank you, Marcos, for inviting me to have a conversation with you about what we do at Lincoln Park. Thank you for jumping on here. Listen, I have questions. Sure. Well, <laughs> I'll try to answer them. <laughs> Let's go. The first question yeah. is, who is Anthony Smith? Who is Anthony Smith? Well, Anthony, that's a complicated question, but you know, I'm going to try to a high-level overview. So I'm Anthony Smith. Um, uh, in my uh, professional world, I'm executive director at Lincoln Park Coast Cultural District. It's a, a nonprofit in the city of Newark, historical Lincoln Park District. High, and we, our work is a hybrid uh, community economic development uh, and the arts. So we have a, a social justice, arts, ecos uh, lens over how we're looking to restore the broken uh, ecosystem that uh, is in Lincoln Park and created mostly due to the years of disinvestment in mm. our black and brown community. Uh, personally, Anthony Smith is a native Newarker, you know, that happens to love this project that I'm working on. It's a passion project for me because I love Newark. Um, you know, went through North Public Schools, went to uh, college and here in the state of New Jersey, studied abroad. But I just I like this community because um, Newark is a bedrock of so many uh, rich, so much rich culture and just a host. It's like a, um, it's a microcosm. Newark really is a microcosm of the world. You can find every nationality, every kind of food choices right here in the city of Newark. We've been we've had this. Uh, lens over us or this filter around us due to the uh, unrest and the riots that happened in 68 in Newark. And Newark is one of the last cities that are part of the riots that really is experienced a renaissance. It's funny to say that because it's <laughs> over 50 years ago and to last year feel like I wasn't, I was too young. I was, I was born in 65. So when the rise was happening, I'm sure well, I was not aware of it. Right. Yeah. You know, not not consciously anyway. But can just imagine that now I would have never thought in my lifetime that we will still be almost at the same place. That's incredible, <laughs> isn't it? And I've had this conversation before because you know we with the events that happened last summer in 2020, it's almost sparked a whole new, you know, revolution. You know, to use the word lightly and literally, it has. Yeah. We're almost at the same place that we were back in the 60s. Yeah, for me, which which is uh, absolutely wonderful is for me it was absolutely wonderful. I was at the time of COVID happening, the pandemic, and along with the social justice unrest. Um, it gave me a time to pause, 
not too many times in life you get it for. I was forced, mm -hmm. the universe, God mm -hmm. forced us to pause, right? But I had to rethink. Uh, my organization actually was uh, started by many folks, but particularly one uh, in particular is the late uh, Amiri Baraka. So it had always was about music, arts, and social justice. Gotcha. I think that over the years um, and trying to sustain the organization, we mission drift and we kind of moved away from the mission a little bit. But this experience that I just experienced took me right back to who we are supposed to be. So it was an epiphany. So I'm so excited to be able to have a conversation about it's okay to be black. That's you know, right. That's it's right. okay for me to support and, and advocate for black and brown people. It's no. incredible. We're, you're, you're right. We're at a, almost an awakening, another awakening. I mean, awakening, going on exactly. for, for a long time, but it's we're at an awakening because here we sit on the day that they're going to give the verdict of the George Floyd trial. Oh, uh, uh, we don't know what's going to happen, right? Yeah. And I've been following the trial. I don't know if you've been watching it. It's been... I, I, I know. tried, but I can't because, and too deeply because, it stirs up too many emotions and feelings mm -hmm. for me. Right. Not that I'm trying to push it to the side. I'm just not really prepared to be in that space like I was last year. Right. Because it, it, it will kind of, um, it could kind of channel me into a different place, right? So I don't want to go there right now, but I'm very cognizant of what's happening. You know, I listen to MSNBC and watch, I get a quick, 30 minutes of what's happened, and that's enough for me. That's enough. You know, yeah. but um, I'm um, not, so because of historically what has happened in these trials like this, uh, and and we had the people who were testifying and giving support to the, basically what happened doesn't mean that it's going to be a guilty charge. Right. And so so I'm not really that comfortable to, to say that to expect that that's what's going to happen. Right. You know, um, however, uh, being a black man growing up in the hood and and having the experience with police throughout my uh, life, um, I understand, I, I don't have any young children, but uh, for parents who have young black boys, um, it's um, challenging because, I mean, my mother still calls now I'm 55 years old. My mother calls and want to know if I don't hear from her in a couple a day or two, she want to know is everything okay with me right. because she's yeah. not sure what's going she's to happen. Not sure, yeah. she's not sure yeah. what the encounter is going to be. Absolutely, and I and I say this all the time. Every black man has had an encounter with the police. Mm -hmm. Every black man has a story with the police in some way, shape, or form. You know, mm -hmm. before I moved to New York, which was back in '96, I lived in Chicago. That's where I went to college and school. I lived on the north side of Chicago. So the neighborhood that I lived in, mostly white, you know, most of the most of the people of color live on the west side and the south side. So almost every day when I'm walking to my apartment, which was a condo, you know, I would get the police rolling up beside me, slowing down to see what I'm doing in the neighborhood, you know, and sometimes literally ask me, what are you doing over here? Mm -hmm. You know, we've all had an encounter with the police in that form. And it's not yeah, right. so I think that it, um, so traditionally because of our experience in that space, mm -hmm. um, it makes us very suspect and not comfortable uh, thinking that we're going to have justice. Right. Okay. So Absolutely. you know, so and that's a big word, justice. So 
I believe though, uh, the one thing that moved me the most, and I won't belabor the issue, is to see everyone. I think the pandemic, people had slowed down, so they was able to pay attention, because people right. talking about people not paying attention, it's just news, right? They paid attention and for them to see it, the energy that came from it right. was just so overwhelming that the country would never be the same. Never, never. <laughs> Never, never be the same. So um, that helped me to form my um, views about the work we're working on at Lincoln Park. Um, Lincoln Park is a nonprofit organization. Um, like I said, social justice, the arts, and, and community economic development. So we have a three-year, uh, three-tier uh, prong where we deal with um, community advocacy, engagement, and empowerment. That's under one umbrella. We're what we call a full crumb. Uh, economic development. What, we, what we do you have, do under, under that umbrella? Like some of the things. So, that that well, so we facilitate um, and we also partner and manage, and I don't want to say oversee, but we we have we guide the economic development that's happening in our community. Mm. We have to facilitate relationships in our community, and we typically partner now with developers because we have our boots to the ground. And we have the social capital that we bring to the table that really helps to make it a strong deal. And also as the designated developers of the community, we have an understanding of what's in our neighborhood plan. So we don't want just everything coming into our neighborhood. Right. We want to have control, some sense of control over what's happening. Under the pillar of arts and culture initiatives, uh, we produce the Lincoln Park Music Festival that many people are aware of that includes jazz, gospel, house, hip hop, and everything in between. Mm -hmm. We've been doing it for the last, um, well, last year would have been the 15th anniversary, but we called it 14.2, because we want to go live 15. I like that. This year will be a hybrid experience that will be some virtual, some invitation only, light attendance, outdoor events, where we can have more control, and, uh, but we'll do something. And then next year in 2022, which officially would be 17 years, we'll go 15 live. Mm. Because I think uh, 15 years is such a hallmark that it, it's experiential and you want to do it when people can really experience it. And I think it's apropos that it happens as, I think that we'll be a, a better place as a nation right. to be outside and having big events again. Um, but under that umbrella, we also have other arts and culture initiatives. We have a podcast that we do called uh, Lincoln Park, a sustainable living village, which is around creative placemaking and place-based development. And talking about how um, creatives really, or using that whole um, lens of creativity to really solve solutions and to build out communities which is a very great podcast by the way I, I was listening to it and i definitely everybody make sure you tune into that podcast yeah. very informational mm -hmm. and and, and then we have um uh, oh so the other project for us is the park itself so the green space reimagining lincoln park so we have a big campaign going on around re-looking at our park as a six acre park and how do we program it and, and get the infrastructure built for pop-up markets, lights, you know, 
programming movies, shows, just a host of different things. You know, someone do a gala, they can put a tent up in a park. Why do this? Why is the community excited about it? Why why do this? The community is very excited about it because the park is the nucleus of the community. And I think it's important to um, really um, think about open space, uh, particularly coming out of the pandemic, people want to be outside, but mm-hmm. park is a great place for relaxation, for people to come uh, with their families. It's a gathering place. And we need a, cent- a central point where we can have people gathering. So we did a 10 year neighborhood plan uh, that we just completed. And with resident-driven neighborhood planning, through our focus groups, the park, they want to see more activities in the park. But the, Newark is 300 years old. The park is old. And so we're looking at stormwater management, the electrical grids, mm-hmm. what kind of lighting you're going to need. Right. Okay, it needs to be flexible. So when vendors come, there's Wi-Fi in the park for if they're selling their goods, you don't have to have the exchange of cash. Just all those different things. So we're going through a master planning process of that right now. I like that because, you know, it's bringing a sense of community, but it's also giving, you know, entrepreneurs a place to to sell things. You know, people who have first time businesses, people from the community who want to sell and make some money and help them, you know, financially gain. They have a place to go. I think that's that's brilliant. Yeah. So that that ties into the third pillar. Okay. it's called the creative economy slash cluster based economic development. So with the creative economy. Our goal has been to look at creatives. And I'm just not talking about creatives like visual artists or actors or musicians, but creative creativity goes, is, is a spectrum. It could be architects. Absolutely. It could be uh, so many different levels of creatives, but looking at the creative economy, mm-hmm. one part of it is helping to take entrepreneurs and helping them to build to scale so they can sell their product. The other is the park and other places and finding shared spaces for them to work out of. And the other for us is cluster-based economic development. Um, As Lincoln Park becomes this uh, amazing, uh, as it continues to become this amazing destination, it's important for us to bring clusters of creatives together. So not only are people coming here to buy the goods, but they're able to feed off each other because yes. their services are there. Beautiful. So that it's, 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 integra- it's an integrated approach but to make sure that we are um, uh, manuscripting and creating this environment. And it's very bohemian-like. Yeah, so this yeah. is not a very uh, ivy tower top down. It's from bottom up. Right. You know, and so when so when you go to a, when you come to our festival or coming to just the park, thinking of Bryant Park and other places that have some things like this, or sometimes in Fort Green Park, but to have a place where um, yourself as a creative, you may have something to sell. You can vend out there, and people get unique, authentic, handmade right. creations, right. and that helps not only to it helps. It feeds into the ecosystem. The dollar is retained into our community. Mm-hmm. And we start to build, for us, our focus, Black wealth. <laughs> right. You know, um, Absolutely. Uh, and so that's another part of it. The other part that we have, we have a job training program that we just launched. 10 years ago, we did something called Green Cap um, around sustainability, jo- sustainable jobs, uh, solar panel installation, geothermal, and weatherization. 
And it was a pipeline with DOL, which is Department of Labor at the state mm -hmm. and connected with PSENG where they got jobs. So they got trained and got jobs and we were doing that. 10 years later, after all of this has happened last year, we had funding through um, one of our um, state uh, agencies that we apply for is called NRTC Neighborhood Revitalization Tax Credits. And we created a program um, to train black developers. It's called Green Suite, mm. the business of development. And we actually have our graduating class happening uh, this month, April 21st, I said it's tomorrow, April 21st, yeah. And um, they went through the whole process, uh, all virtual, but uh, presentations, work, but they had to work through a whole business plan. So tomorrow they get a chance to um, present to some experienced developers in the field to get some feedback and the pathway for us is that some will be interviewed to work as junior uh, developers on some projects. Some will be our own and some will be with the developers, but they have the opportunity to have a linkage. With our, and our hopes with this pilot program is to also link to places like Rutgers Real Estate School and others that are out there mm -hmm. so that it's a pipeline because Newark is scheduled to have $5.6 billion worth of development that's happening. And all we want is our 40 acres and a mule. <laughs> <laughs> we, we want a piece of we it. We want a piece of it, yeah, for we sure. We want a piece of Definitely. it. And the thing about it is that typically when this happens, we're not skilled up, or they right. said we're not skilled up. Right. So we're taking, we're, we're, we're erasing that barrier. I love it. I love yeah. that. This, this, this is incredible. Like this should be the prototype for many neighborhoods, many cities. You know what I mean? Because it's all encompassing of the things that we need to be developed as a culture. I mean, I don't know if your target is, you know, specifically black and brown people or just people of Newark, whoever comes in, but it tends to be that Newark is, you well, know. I would say that our focus are Newarkers, right? Okay. Um, and uh, overlaid with black and brown folks, because that's the con uh, constituents in which are in our catchment area, right? So that's who we're looking at. Uh, but um, it's about Newarkers and giving Newarkers an opportunity. Um, now, I, I would like to just say this to you, that mm -hmm. all of this sounds amazing. Right. It ain't easy. Right. Okay, so be clear. Yeah. You know, we've who had are some, some of the people that are, who are some of the people that are helping you out and the sponsors, you know? So we have, we have uh, TD Bank, Valley National Bank. We have Horizon, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Prudential, um, and some of our projects. We have PSENG. Mm -hmm. uh, we have other developers. Uh, we have Verizon. Right. You know, Verizon is a part of this. Um, the city of Newark is a big partner with everything that we're doing. Uh, we have right now our developers, uh, Baldwin Equity and Hanini. Uh, in any uh, development, uh, but we have a plethora of other strategic alliances and partnerships like with Rutgers and other entities around the city of Newark. So, um, so being a small nonprofit um, or just a small business, mm -hmm. a nonprofit is a business, you know, and so um, what we realize is that you have to create strategic alliances and the right partnerships right? Yeah. Um, so that you can... Uh, execute your mission and vision, but also have the resources you need. Absolutely. You know, we are really, uh, our community was so depleted of 
resources and not having the um, amount of resources we need to do what we have to do. You're always trying to, so I, you know, I'm the best, I would say at strategic partnership alliance. Okay, we have a, our missions are aligned. Okay, we could do this. Mm -hmm. it'll, it'll be, that's a collective impact move, right. you know, and the work gets done. It works. And I asked, and I asked, the reason why I asked you that is because I wanted to give a shout out to those people because these are the businesses we need to support because they're yeah. supporting us. And that's, that's, yeah. that's why I asked you that. So two of our legacy, uh, and I'll go back to them, um, our legacy partners, Prudential Foundation from the start has been there for us. Dodge Foundation um, has been there. Victoria Foundation, they have foundations right here in the city of Newark and PSCNG. But the city of Newark has been a, a, the biggest cheerleader and partner for us. We've been evergreen through three administrations. And mm -hmm. but we've always have been the right project to support because it's about the people. Right. And so uh, I may be missing some, but um, those are the companies that I could just, those are foundations, company, Prudential is a company, PSNG is a, um, a public works company. Um, we have Tito's Vodka that supports us. And the interesting thing is that it's not about just drinking to them. It's about having an opportunity of what they can do to impact the community. And so um, understand that people have, uh, you know, you could drink, but you also could drink socially, but you also can get funding to help to make a change in the community. Make a change. That's make it. a change. Yeah. yeah. That's definitely and it. So what I was leading to before, and I'll be real quick with it, is that this is not an easy um, place to be in when you're um, sometimes I feel like you're standing alone and you're advocating to, you know, get resources and do your job. Um, be, um, Early on, we were uh, soaring. We built over 100 units of housing, uh, been the best in community engagement and, and, and arts and cultural initiatives. And congratulations we, on that. I mean, I, 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 that's, that's a huge feat, housing yeah. people. That's a huge feat. So congratulations. It on is. That. And it's about affordable housing. Affordable housing. And right. we're looking at affordable housing, but not at the place for people. People have a negative connotation about affordability and housing. Yeah. Everyone needs housing. Right. So we're not talking. Affordable doesn't mean that people don't work. It means that they need housing to sustain themselves. To sustain, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's different. You know, right. artists, I have a, a, a bleeding heart. Artists need housing. Right. They need workspaces. Right. And all those things. So that's, you know, what I, I advocate for. Um, and just a small thing I was going to say that the hard part of this, like in 2008, we had a market crash. Right. And that's why we mission drift. And it was it was tough out here, you know, um, and trying to make it work. And we had to deal with a lot of um, sometimes debt and negotiation, and all these different things. But, you know, stands stands uh, slow and steady works and having good. It's, this is a relationship based business. Yeah, sure now, is. We don't use them no more, but what I say is that what used to be said to me, you're only you're as good as your Rolodex. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> we don't yeah. use Rolodex no more, right. but yeah, yeah. what I'm making <laughs> is that it's relationship based. Mm -hmm. And um that's how it works. And that's an indie in this any any in, in any industry. And from the reason I think the festival has been so successful, thank you, because it's not just a festival or us playing music or presenting music, mm -hmm. it's connected to a movement. 
Yes. Lincoln Park is a movement. Mm -hmm. we're, we're changing the trajectory of our community and using the festival and other things that we do to bring attention, to bring resources here. You know that this is a community. This is a, this is um, what we're doing really, I didn't really think about when it was happening because it was painful, but we really are a, 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 a model that can be replicated other places and understanding that. And maybe one day, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, this is new for me. And I think the pandemic, had, I'm not one to like to talk in front of the camera and all those different things being right. on stage. But I think there's so many others out there that may have experienced what I've experienced and to know that there's another side. So that's yes. why I wanted to put that in it. This is not, everything has not been always hunky dory. Right. You know what I'm saying? But just got to keep pushing. Got to keep pushing. And I was going to say, looking back over the last 15 years, over what you've done, did you ever think, first of all, did you ever think that you'd be doing this type of work in service to the community? Because what you're doing is a service to the community. Yeah, not necessarily. So mm -hmm. I, uh, my background, MBA, and I have a specialization in pharmaceuticals. I was in the pharmaceutical industry. Mm. And early in my career, in my early 20s. Um, but it was a little too sterile for me. I didn't feel fully self-expressed. Mm -hmm. And so everyone thought I was crazy. I got out, cashed in my monies, got me a Jeep Wrangler, and I went cross country and moved to New Orleans because I always had an affinity for New Orleans. But my friends lived there because we, while we were in college, I was a blackjack and a crap stealer. So they opened up a riverboat casino down. I'm like, look, I'm going to work on a riverboat. What? Really? You know, I got, a, I got an MBA, but <laughs> I want to work on a riverboat. That's what I want to do. You know what I'm saying? At, at 31, I went and did that and landed a job at Mark Morrill's office, the Mayor's Office of Arts and Entertainment. Mayor's Office of Arts, Film and Entertainment or Entertainment and Film, something like that. And landed this job at Arts Tourism Partnership to uh, promote cultural tourism, but in tandem, I was working in this office and got a chance to work on the first Essence Music Festival, New wow. Orleans Jazz Festival wow. at the 25th and back in the day. So yeah, yeah. that shaped, in New Orleans, shaped my prism of how I saw it just was this bust open. So I like that. The black brother I was working for, Linwood Sloan, said to me, um, you know, there's only a hundred black people in the world. He was saying it professionally, but he was being funny. Because uh -huh. I said, one, after I had my stint about two years, I was ready to come home. And my grandparents were getting ill. I needed to be closer to my family. And all he did was make a call. Called uh, Stephanie Hewley and Philip Thomas, who were vice presidents of NJ Pack that was getting ready to open up. Mm -hmm. Called them, you have one of your native sons ready to come home. Y'all should give him a chance. So I came home. Philip made me volunteer before they hired me. I volunteered, you know what I'm saying? And right. then I got the job and I opened up NJ Pack. That led me to a host of, so it's all about these, this connection leads to this connection. Right. Do something else. I was gonna say, there's no shame in volunteering at all because that no knows you down, yeah. you know what I mean? Speaking of which, I wanna, I'm saying, I wanna cut you off just for a second, but let us know too, are you looking for interns? Are you looking for any kind of help too? So. Yeah, so we're always looking for interns. Well, um, we're always looking for uh, support, uh, whether it's uh, financial support or uh, human capital support, meaning um, skill sets that are needed so that we can continue to stand up the programs that we're doing. Right. And so that's always needed. Um, um, you can reach 
out to uh, us. I guess I could say this, you know, um, through email, which is, I'll give my email, uh, or LP, I'll give lpccdmarketing at gmail.com. Or, you know, our website is lpccd.org. Always reach out to us that way. But we're always looking for um, support. And I, I said human capital versus um, um, financial support because both of them means a lot. Absolutely. That's <laughs> right. Both of them means a lot. So I, what I will say about volunteering, for anyone who is looking to break into a career or do anything, Volunteer first. So when you volunteer, you see if you like it, if you don't, you know what I'm saying? Amen. <laughs> so I volunteer, I said, yep. oh, that's not for me. I'm not doing that. That's you know, right. so I moved on, but I wasn't connected. I didn't have, I wasn't not in a contractual agreement. I was able to kind of flow out of that experience. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. What do you see for the future coming out of this well, pandemic and, you know, the direction that you would like to go? What are you projecting? What are you, what are you hoping for the future? Well, we are really, really focused now. Um, they gave us a lot of time to plan. So, uh, what's his name? What's his name? Nipsey Hussle. What's the brother talk about buy back the block and all yeah, that? And stuff. Yeah. So, we're into buying back our block. Buy back the block. Okay. That's yeah, right. we buy, we're into buying back the block. So, what we realize is that the, um, a lot of folks are poaching and coming to our areas to see that there's land and there's opportunity. But in uh, Shoring up our designated developer status as the CDC and Community Development Corporation in that footprint, mm -hmm. and also being at the table um, when deals are negotiated, and also buying back our block, I like we'll that. have more control about what's happening. And so that's one of our goals. And I have two legacy projects um, for me. One is to see the park, reimagining the whole park and seeing it done. Mm -hmm. which can happen in the next two years. And also a facade, it's called the Facade Project. Facade is a um, historical structure on um, uh, a landmark historical structure uh, and it burned down the church. In 1863, Lincoln spoke. They're going, away to, going over to his inauguration. And so it burned down. So we're going to have a new project for it where we're going to have incubated commercial space at the bottom, housing at the top, and um, a, a commercial space, a multi-flex person, almost like a beer hall, but not a beer hall where people could come Together. and be a part of yeah. the energy of the community. So right. that's two legacy projects that we're work that I'm working on that um, will make it be make it come become full circle, like you know, like a phoenix rising out of yeah. the ash. Of course, I love yeah. that. Listen, I love everything you're doing, but you know what? We got to know. Where you at, baby? What? Baby, where you at? That's my, that's my mom. She wants to know how we can get in touch with you on Instagram and follow you and, and learn more about what you're doing. Yeah, so you can uh, uh, reach me, uh, reach the organization at uh, lpcc, lpccd.org. Our telephone number is 973-242-4144. Um, email Lincoln, I mean LPCCD marketing at gmail.com at LPCCD Twitter at LPCCD um, Instagram. And for me, if you want 
speak directly to me, my uh, Instagram is um, Freedom Supreme. I love it. I want to thank you for spending some time here and letting us know what you do. This is amazing. Like I said, this has to be a prototype for other cities and other communities because what you're doing is building, you're building a nation, you're building people, you're building a culture. And I want to yeah. thank you for that. So everybody, please make sure you check out lpccd.org for more information. You can click on there, find all the links to the social media. Anthony Smith, Executive Director, doing some big things in the historical city of Newark, New Jersey. Everybody, we need you to log on. Make sure you help any way you can. This is Marcos Luis. I want to thank you guys all for listening to this episode of One Mic Night Podcast. You can follow us at One Mic Night. One Mic Night is spelled O-N-E-M-I-C-N-I-T-E. Go to the dot com. Find all the links to our social media. And you can follow me at Marcos Luis. M-A-R-C-O-S-L-U-I-S. Same thing. Go to the dot com. Find my links to social media. Please share, download, and subscribe to these episodes. We've got a lot more episodes coming up with amazing people like Anthony Smith. Thank you guys for all tuning in. We're out.